Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. If I eat as fast as humanly possible, I can get back on my screens. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Back to one, everybody. Back to one. Everything goes back where it belongs. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I want to throw everything in my house away. That's my goal for the new year. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. I'm a mess right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. We're talking goals today. New year, new us, Amy. It's it's amazing how different we're going to be. Time to completely reinvent ourselves from scratch. I am going to be so different in 2019. It's all going to change for us this year, Amy. I can feel it. You know, because I'm going to have pretty much the same goals I had last year, apparently. But this year, I'm going to do them all. Well, I was thinking about this episode before we started recording, and I thought, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we've done a goal episode before, and my goals are usually the same, and sometimes I feel like that's a bad sign. Like, oh, okay, here we go again. But I wish I could remember who it was because it really, like, affected me. But a while ago, I was talking to someone in December. I said, how you doing? And they said, you know, it's a good time for a new year. And I thought, that's how I always feel in December. It's a good time for a new year. I do love doing this. I do love sort of planning, you know, that like fresh notebook, sharpened pencil, back to school feeling that we don't have because we don't go to school anymore. I like having it in January. Yeah, I agree. I think there's something really satisfying about goals and the new year. And I think especially in December, it's dark, it's cold, everything that was going well is now going poorly. Like for us, (laughs) just the eating and the outside play and the being off of screens and the not yelling at the kids and all of those baseline things that we talk about a lot on the podcast, they tend to just get ground down in December because it's dark. So you've got kids at home all day. You're busy with all holiday concerts and nonsense and wrapping up the school year and planning your vacation and all of the holiday madness. And so for me, the thing of like, let's just order pizza for the third day this week just creeps in right away. And so all of the goals get thrown out in December. And it's kind of nice in January to be like, let's reset this thing, guys. You and I were just talking before we started recording about how the December calendar looks nuts. And the January calendar is like, uh, it's wide open. There's a lot of white space, both literally and figuratively in my January that feels like I can fill it with all sorts of things. And I will say that some of those things are things that we've discussed on the podcast this year and that I've learned from doing this podcast and from you, Margaret, from you. Well, happy holidays. Happy New Year to you, Amy. (laughs) No, I agree. And I, I think just having a conversation about goals, I've said this before, and my husband and I have fallen off of this a little bit, but we usually try to take one night over our holidays. We go down to Florida. My dad's there and there's lots of cousins and lots of stuff going on and lots of people to help with the kids. And we have made a habit in December of sitting down, taking a lunch, maybe going out hopefully, but even if we just like find a quiet corner and we do it and taking some time and actually sitting down with a book and saying, what were our goals for the year? Did we meet them? What do we want to try to do next year? And it's kind of corny and formal, but it really helps us. Like 
What are our financials? What are they looking like? How are we doing? Are we above or below the line? You know, all of that stuff. You and I tend to do that, right? Like there's something about January that just says like, let's have this conversation. And it's such a useful conversation to have. And looking back over our previous goal episodes, it's not about like, oh, I said I would lose weight for the last three years and I'm having, my. it's about like, okay, this is a great opportunity to re, what do you, back to one as you like. Back to, to ones, right. We, we should say what that is for, for people who haven't been listening to this show for as long as we've been doing it. But on a movie set or a, a TV show set, when they call cut, if they're going to start back at the beginning of the scene, they say back to one and everybody goes running onto the set to move the coffee cup or the, oh, I don't know, the, the keys that get left on the table. Everything gets taken back to where it was at the beginning so you can start fresh. I use that term in my life all the time. Back to one, everybody, back to one. Everything goes back the where it belongs. The only problem with that metaphor is that we don't have a staff of people who run when we say back to one. We have to do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We don't have the continuity person with the Polaroid saying, actually, the the handle was turned this way. But I do, yes, I do love this opportunity to set. Well, let's start. Let's let's come up with, with, with a couple of things we want to do this year. I have one based on one of our very recent discussions, which is that I want to spend more time in nature in 2019. Yeah, that's a great goal. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about what to do when you're stuck inside, and, and you know, paradoxically, one of our one of our conclusions was was that you're not really stuck inside. Like, in, if if there's wildfires, that's different. If it's cold, snowy, rainy, like you're kind of not in cold weather, dark weather. I tend to kind of curl up in a ball and kind of go. You know, I work all day while the kids are at school, and the idea of taking a break in the middle of the day to go for a walk seems like. Well, that's a waste of an hour, but I'm starting to understand that we need that in our lives. Does that make sense? And, you know, when we had Jessica Turner on the episode a couple of weeks ago, she was talking about how Central Park in New York, that it's central. And that's obvious, right? But that that the the need for that respite and that space is so important that they held this huge place right in the middle of New York. And so it needs to be more important to me. So I, of course, literally have access to that space. I can see it from my window and I go into Central Park, you know, once a week, maybe. That's I thought you were going to say like once a month. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it's right there. And but every it's one of these things where every time you go for a walk, right, if you would, whether it's down the road or in Central Park, every time I do it, I think, why do I not always do this? This is so great. And it's it's I, I walk a lot in New York City, too, but walking in nature is different. It just sort of resets totally the blood different. pressure. Yeah. Right. The dodging the bus and like humans bumping up against you and stuff. No, I have a weekly walk and I was saying on the winter podcast, every single morning, it's time for my walk with my friend. I'm like, I'm not going, I'm not going. I got to call and cancel. I can't do it. And I don't actually have the wherewithal to call her and cancel. And so I just do it. <laughs> and I'm always glad I did, but that's a tip for that is like, don't make it theoretical, make it practical. Like find a friend. I need that. I mean, not everybody needs that, but find a friend, make a date and be like on Wednesdays, I don't care if it's 13 degrees, hailing, whatever it is, we walk. And we do. I mean, if it was pouring snow, we couldn't get there maybe, but basically we walk. Do you use hand warmers? Because I have really bad circulation in my hands. So I need, I need like the, you know, those hand warmers you can buy like at the gas station. I need those kind of at all times. So get them, right? So have a, I would, have a box in your house. I, a long time ago, used to run marathons. The other thing that I will say about being outside is you're not cold once you start moving. Like I've almost never had the experience no matter how cold it is. I go out in a giant jacket, good gloves, hat, scarf, and we start walking. And while we're walking, I'm peeling things off. And when I was training for the marathon, the biggest revelation of training for the marathon was that how much time I spent outside all winter long. Like it doesn't matter if you're cold. Yes, it's cold, but you start running and you're hot. Like you're always warm if you're moving. You have to move with a little bit of purpose, but it's not like you imagine it. Like, I don't want to go outside. It's cold. You start moving and you're fine. Yeah, you're right. Cause I, I connect being outside with standing around, right? Right. Everybody right. who stands around at travel soccer games and travel baseball, games, it's, it gets the worst. Just hunching against the cold and putting your hands in your pocket. That's not really the experience of going out for a walk. You get moving, your circulation gets going and you're warm. 
Okay, so I am going to slightly amend my goal to say I am going to spend more time outside moving around. Moving in oxygen. And also, I just had an experience that is fairly unique and will not apply to anyone else, but I think something can be extrapolated from it. My sister's roommate from college runs a farm about half an hour from where I live. And they had an event called a sheep stroll. And it was like a holiday kind of theme event. And it was about like getting the sheep from the pasture to the barn as like a community, which is apparently something that like happens in farming communities. Like let's all help together to get the sheep moved. And so they held one. It was 22 degrees outside and it was an entirely outdoor event. And they made a big point in advertising it. Like there is no indoor space. It is entirely outdoors and it's two hours long. And so we spent a bunch of time getting the kids really well outfitted. So they were warm and it's dark. It was at four o'clock in the afternoon. They do it at dusk. So on the East coast, four o'clock is getting dark. And we got out there and they had fires going. So there were places where you could kind of warm yourself up, but basically for an hour, the kids in 22 degree weather drank some hot chocolate, but mostly chased each other around this field. And then after about a half an hour, we all lined up and we helped herd the sheep from the pasture into the barn. And then we went home an hour and a half later and we were all cold and we turned the heat up in the car, warm back up. But we spent an hour and a half outside and it was great. So what are the, what's great about it? It's it's that afterwards you get endorphins from it. I mean, there is something about it that kind of like exercise you're not looking forward to doing it, but after you do it, there's a sort of well-being relaxation. I'm trying to figure out like what it is that is good about it. Actually do it was kind of great. Like Mm. it's had a really good time. Like it was cold, but there was a big patch of ice. They were pretending to ice skate on. They were chasing each other around. I mean, it was okay to be outside. I think what I'm trying to address is like the mental block of like, we cannot go outside because it's cold and dark. And that was a very organized activity, but it made, I, I came home and I was like, I'm going to find ice skating places. I'm going to find, there's a place near me that does like sleigh rides. We're going to do that stuff this winter. We're going to go outside. It broke my mental blockade of like, it's family fun. That is not just sitting around and like, come on, let's play Monopoly. Let's have one complain. So we're on the same page in this one. Got to get outside and move this winter. It's one of my goals. The other thing I want to say about goals in general is like, I will fail at this goal all winter long and I will keep trying to go back to one. Because I think for me, goals have always been disappointing because it feels like, well, we're not actually going to do that. But like what I realize about goals is it's just the thing of like every Monday you can be like, hey, let's try to find one time to go outside this week. And that's a goal. It works. It's fine. It doesn't mean that you're great at it. It just means that you're trying. You know, John Acuff has this book called Finish that I've talked about before. Great book if you're trying to finish anything and you're just stuck. And it's so practical. And one of his tips is to give yourself an absurdly achievable goal, like start really small. I'm going to write a hundred words today. I'm going to walk around the block twice and achieve it and then, and then start to turn it up, but give yourself that check mark. So I think it's the goal is like, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in 2019. Those are too big. We're kind of destined not to succeed at them, but I'm going to go to an exercise class with my friend once a week, that's achievable. So start, start smaller. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. And don't make the goal about anything other than what it is, you know, just keep it very clean. And it, and that's the thing, like you can always go outside, even if you go outside for 20 minutes, even if it snows and you go outside and play in the snow, like you've met your goal. It doesn't have to be like, if I'm not supermodel thin and perfect by January 30th, I'm a loser. That those kind of goals have got to go. You and I never really have those kind of goals, but they, yeah, they we're not we're not going to start now. That's for sure. Yeah, but I do feel like I get frustrated by goals sometimes because I'm like, it's the same goal again. Picky eaters make dinner time better. Like, why am I still rolling this rock, Sisyphus? But if I have two or three successful meals a week where people try stuff, I was just thinking about our picky eater episode. And my, I have a super picky eater. And he's kind of slid way back. And I was thinking about it in the Piggy Eater episode where I was like, I sometimes consider it a victory just to put that stuff on his plate. And I was realizing this week that he's back to being like, I don't even want that on my plate. And I'm like, how are we back to the bottom of the hill? But that's the wrong metaphor. It's not really a hill. It's just a journey, a winding pathway. And like in January, we're going to get back to like different kinds of food. But for right now in December, we're just trying to get through the day. So like here, have a pizza. It's fine. 
I guess that's part of what makes January the right goal setting time because December is so bonkers. We just have to, it's all just going to slide, right? And now, but now that it's January, we are, we are ready to, to try again. There's not as much to get done. Right. Meals in December are hard because you're busy and running around. Exercise in December is hard because it's so dark and cold. Like everything's hard and January offers new hope and it's literally getting lighter every single day. Like it's (laughs) metaphorically perfect. You're right. It's getting a little better each day. December 21st, darkest day of the year. And then like every day, that's why for centuries and centuries before all like known religions, like this has always been celebrated this time of year because there is something about like the darkest day and then turning back to light that like it feeds all of these instincts that we have, which is like, it's getting better. Let's change our ways. And there's tons more ways that we're going to change our ways. And we're going to discuss it right after this. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so we're back. Amy, we've talked a lot about why we need goals. Let's just go hard on what our goals are. Okay, give me one. I'm going to go back to family time, like effective, calm family time, whether that be family meals, playing games together, just finding more fun family time, even if it involves facilitating that a little more than I would like. Good goal. And I've had a sort of aha moment last night standing in my kitchen, all three of my kids, it was after dinner and they were all sort of talking about their homework standing around. And I've got teenagers, as you know, I've got 16, 14 and 11. And we were all sort of having a moment of five of us together, just talking about what we had to do that night, but with no stress or, you know, crankiness involved. And I just was sort of like, this is it. This is the moment. My oldest guy is going to go to college in two years. Like this I need more of this. I need to drink in every moment that I have that my three kids want to be around me because it changes. Yeah. And I have 10, eight and six. And I, we have had a very successful year of pulling way back from after school activities, which I felt very happy about. And I think we're going to continue it more than I thought we would in January. Like none of my kids are super into sports 
if they express an interest in certain, one of my guys is very athletic in the kind of gymnasty way. Like he likes doing flips and stuff. He loves like the trampoline park. So I'm, I'm looking into maybe getting him into some sort of gym situation where he could work on that kind of stuff. But basically like we've pulled way back from activities. We have a ton of unstructured time, which I think generally is good, but I've fallen away a little bit on the thing of like, let's have family time. Like our dinners are becoming like everyone runs to the table, eats as fast as they can because they somehow I've established that like after dinner, get your homework done and then it's going to be screen time again. And so like, I need to push that back a little bit. The feeling of like, if I eat as fast as humanly possible and then do my homework as carelessly as possible, I can get back on my screens. Like <laughs> a little, little adjustments around the edges that I need to implement. But we had, my husband was out of town and so I let all the kids sleep, have a sleepover in my room and we just had the most fun time. Like the kids were supposed to be reading their books and everyone had a book out, but mostly we were just laughing and cracking up and making jokes. And again, it's like, this is fun family time. And again, because it's December, my kids are fighting a lot. <laughs> this morning we were in bed. One of my guys is a little sick and he came out and he must've just gone over to look at the Christmas tree and then laid down because he was sick. And my other kid came out and he likes to turn on the Christmas lights in the morning. And as he was walking by, he like stepped right on my little guy's head because he was sleeping in front of the Christmas tree. <laughs> and they were like, just right away, like, ah, how could you do that? You stepped on my head, you stink. And they were fighting. And I thought, it's just good to have a little bit of balance so that we always have that like fun laughing time because there's going to be, especially in the dark of winter, a lot of like fighting. You know, this is, I have a sort of related goal to this, and it was something that I've gotten from one of our sponsors for this past year, who didn't even sponsor this episode, but I just love this idea so much. You know, Lasting, the marriage counseling app where it gives you yes. quizzes you can take and things. They just said something that has really stuck with me about your sort of primary goal is to get curious, they said. Get curious about the way your partner looks at the world. Get curious about his or her perspective. And I think I just, I really like this and I'm going to use it with my partner, but also with my kids and also sort of in my interactions with the person on the board who frustrates me, you know, that kind of thing, like get curious about other perspectives. And when I do it, let me take it back to the household since you were talking about having fun. When I really try to see where my completely irritated and irritating teenager is coming from. When I look at the sort of, you know, the iceberg that's beneath the surface and what's really going on for them, get curious about that. I can sort of soften into it and not and not fall into that. Hurry up, hurry up. Are you really going to talk to me that way? And you know, do a little bit less of that, which leads to a more pleasant household for all involved. It's kind of up to me. I'm the mom. I have spoken before about like I teach improv and public speaking and some of it is kind of like personal development stuff. And one of the themes I go back to all the time is this improv idea that like the, to have an improv work, you have to consider that your partner is a genius. That's like the rule of improv, right? So that like, if a person comes in and they're like, hey, we're at the zoo and you're like, oh, that's a bad idea. I'd rather be at the mechanic shop. Like it's not allowed because you ruin the scene by doing that. So like you have to always approach your partner as if they're a genius. The person talking to you is the smarter person. That's got to be the rule. Otherwise, improv doesn't work. And I was talking in class this week about that idea and how much that is such a good life rule and how hard it is to implement it. And I think that like goes along with your goal and my goal for January, which is like, hear the other person. Don't always come out because I am a person who's like, I'm the smartest person in the room. I know all the answers. And it's part of being a mom. Like you're like, listen, I'm in charge. I am the authority. Like, do not question me kind of humbling yourself a little bit to say like, let me approach it and try to actually really hear this other person's point of view. Very difficult, but worth the challenge for January. This brings me to my word for 2019. You know how I like- Oh yes, you like to have a word. For, but for 2017, I said participate. I did. Then 2018, I said clarify. I had, a, I had to cut back on how much I participated in. So I clarified that for myself. Right. It worked. My word for 2019 is open. I'm going to be open to other perspectives. I'm going to be open to being curious about what the other person is thinking. I'm going to be open to fear 
if I have it. I'm just going to be open to things being the way they are. And this I got out of, I've been doing meditation, not every day, but I do it and I read about it. And the sort of thing I just had to have explained to me that blew my mind. I was reading this Pema Chodron book and she explained that meditation, the point of meditation isn't to feel all relaxed and loosey-goosey and peaceful while you're doing it. I kind of thought that's what it was. Like, let me find that Zen place. Where is it? Where is it? I'm not quite there yet today. It's not, that's not the point. The point is to check in with what is and see it and stand outside it. Like, oh, there's, I'm feeling some anxiety today. Huh? There it is. This is getting very close to real feelings for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, not, it's not like, don't feel relaxed. Start feeling more relaxed right now. It's, it's, oh, I, I see these things. You, you, you start to recognize things. She says, ready? This is, this was a truth bomb for me. She says, Pema Chodron, that we run and hide and keep ourselves busy so that we never have to let our hearts be penetrated. And I was like, oh, Pema Chodron, you know me. So, so I'm going to try in 2019 to let my heart be open, even if that's a little scary, let it be scary. All right, Amy, you do you. This yeah. reminds me of a metaphor I use all the time, which is like when I was younger and having like bad dreams, like a bear is chasing you or whatever. At a certain point, I realized even as a child that if I was having a dream that I was being chased and I turned around to look at what was chasing me, I would wake up. Do you ever have that experience? No, but that sounds like a pretty good, I wish I was doing that in my dream. But like, that is such a good metaphor for like, don't be afraid to look at the things in your life that are hard or difficult. Like that thing that I think, especially maybe moms do, which is like, I can just stay busy enough to not worry about the thing that is the problem at the center of all of this is a great instinct to try to fight. And January is a great time to reset that a little bit. Like, hey, what is the thing? Like, what is making me run so hard? I often have, it's like my walk. I'm too busy to go for a walk. Right. I'm busy. I'm very, very busy. And sometimes I tell myself that story. I'm so busy. I can't possibly play right now. I am too busy. I am too busy. And if you look at that, you're not really that busy. It's like, you're, you're kind of keeping moving to stay above something and it's okay to take some time, whether it's meditation or just keeping a journal or whatever it is to say like, what are the hard truths that I'm not really looking at or examining? And are those things really that scary? I have a feeling when you turn around and look at them, they're not as scary as you think they are. Right. Right. It's, it's more, it's about noticing like, oh, here I am. This is, oh, this is that thing I don't like. Okay. Here, here it is. And that's that feeling. And I'm not turning around the other direction and not add more to your calendar. I'm going to try it. Amy, I have another very practical goal for January. And it is to engage less when my children are giving me a hard time. Ooh. Okay. Tell me more. That sounds good. Especially with my tween, although I can't believe I really have a tween. He's only 10, but he's tweeny. I over-engage. So like, can you give me my backpack? Don't speak to me that way. Like, and then we're off to the races. Like, here we go. And just trying to stop meeting fire with fire, because this is only the tip of this iceberg. Like this is only going to get bigger and badder, this oh, whole yeah. interaction problem. Yep. And so I do not like to be disrespected. And right. I'm not saying like, I'm going to let him walk all over me. That that That's never going to be a problem. <laughs> but I need to stop whacking every whack-a-mole and I need to start calmly blank facing bad behavior and searching for good behavior to compliment. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, that is so like just this morning I had an interaction with one of my teenagers that was like his shirt had chocolate on it. I was bringing him a new shirt and he actually like balled up and threw the other one at me like angry at me because his, you know, valet had brought him another, like I was literally as I was waiting on him being rude to me. And, and it, and it just sends me into, I, 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 into hyperdrive. It really does. And we had parallel mornings. We also have to remember that it's December because yep. everybody's feeling this cranky, itchy, bad feeling. But my 10 year old this morning just woke up like a bear out of hibernation. And then everything was like, uh, his dad's been away and he was home. I want dad to make breakfast. You don't make it right. He only makes it right. And then 
It's like, well, dad's asleep. He took a red eye last night and he's not going to get up to make you breakfast. Why not? Like everything is just, but you can screaming at a child, like you are not being grateful. You have to understand that your dad took a red eye. It's not effective. It's right. not that allowed to speak that way in the house. Never allowed to speak that way in the house. Never allowed to throw clothes at me. Never allowed to do the behavior. But this screaming confrontation over it is not moving the ball at That's all. right. Right. And so I guess that's, the, I'm, I'm going to try to get curious, right? I'm curious about what, what this kid is really anxious about. And in the moment, even maybe you can't get underneath it. But I absolutely believe that the only correct reaction to that is completely blankly to be like, when you're ready to decide what you're going to have for breakfast, come on downstairs. But just throwing sand on the fire versus throwing gasoline on the fire, because responding by being like, you must respect me. You don't speak to me that way. Your dad works so hard, that kind of stuff. Like it's just, it's not that you're wrong. It's just that you're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. If the overall goal is a peaceful, conflict-free moment, our home, then don't lean into it. You're right. It's hard. I mean, and I don't want people to think in any way that what I'm saying is like, so just let him behave however he wants. Not at all. But it's just the issue of blanking and blank facing and not giving a response and holding the line versus... I didn't wake my husband up to get him eggs that he wanted, you know, but just that energy and that rudeness needs to hit a wall, which is you just being like, hey, when you're ready to make good choices, be polite, come on downstairs. I'll try that in 2019. I have an easier one. I have, that, that's hard. I have one that's easy. Okay. I am going to consume more fiction in 2019. I have found that um, I don't watch, I I consume a lot of Twitter and I read a lot of books and I really enjoy nonfiction. So I read a lot of nonfiction. I'm reading this Pema Children book right now. I read books for this podcast. I don't really read novels anymore. I also don't even watch fiction television shows. If I watch television, I'm watching a documentary. I'm watching... Yeah, I'm watching a documentary or I'm watching the news. I, I have I, a recommendation for you. Ready all right, for give me give book? me a TV show and a book. TV show. I get, everyone says The Good Place is great. Haven't really gotten into it yet, but um, I don't have a good TV recommendation. Okay. But I do have a good book. The Great Alone by Kristen Hanna. I'm writing this Put down. Put it on your list. <laughs> Guys, not a sponsor, obviously. I mean, why would we get sponsored by a novel? But I loved this book. It was very transporting. It was very great. I loved it. I'm recommending it to everyone. The Great Alone. Hope you enjoy it. We talked last year on our goals episode about how hard it is to find a book that's engrossing. And, you know, these days with the tyranny of the inbox and Facebook and whatever calling to you, a novel, unfortunately, really has to be completely unput downable. You know what we're going to do, guys? We're going to put a book recommendation list on the What Fresh Hell Facebook page, What Fresh Hell cast. Yeah. It's a really good idea because we need some more books. I just had a friend who posted this thing and it I cannot get it out of my mind and now I'm going to give it to you and you're not going to be able to get it out of your mind. She posted and she was like, if I can only read a hundred books a year and I'm only going to live for 40 more years, I only have 4,000 books to read in my whole life. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, who's reading a hundred books a year? I'm reading like maybe 20 a year right now. But I was like, oh my God, like it doesn't seem like that many books. I did read more books in 2018 than 2017 because I got a Kindle. This is a shout out to you, Margaret. You you told me to get a Kindle. And so I asked for it for my birthday, got one. And I have read more books ever since. I do still think that reading a book, book, paper in your hands and I don't know, Heathcliff leaves on the upper left-hand corner of the left side of the page, that that there's there's things to be gained from reading books and not Kindle. But I do read more on my Kindle because I can read in bed when my husband's asleep. I can read on the subway with one hand. And, and I get, and I got a dum-dum Kindle. I didn't get a Kindle Fire. I got one that pretty much only does books and it's black and white and there's no ads. And so it's it's single use. So I don't get distracted I'm all Kindle all the time. I haven't read a real book. If someone gave me a book, I'd be like, what are you doing? I, don't <laughs> See, want one I still have the books piled up on my nightstand. I'm kind of doing both, but but uh-huh. it did help me read more. And I like being able to pull up, like this morning, I wanted to find the quote in the Pema Children book about hiding and keeping yourself busy. And it was so easy to pull up the parts that I had highlighted. So, All right, Amy, we have to take a break. We're okay. going to come back with more goals. 
Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. We agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty-calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero-gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. And now, super achievable goals for the new year from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Insist that everyone at the table tell you their favorite part of the day before they're allowed to go back to complaining about how weird the food looks. Try yelling at a slightly lower volume. Exercise more. But things like strapping the baby in the car seat and running after children with things they forgot totally count as exercise. Keep at least one room of the house fairly clean as often as possible, but hey, things happen. Start a project you've been long ignoring. Listen, if that project is just to catch up on the old Game of Thrones before the new season starts, that's totally fine. Get back to reading... And okay, Twitter can count. And okay, you're going to try to read at least one book by August. Make delicious home-cooked meals. Or at least put the takeout that you get on your own plates. Stop being late all the time. Only be late for really important reasons. Like your kid's lost shoe. That's totally an important reason. Wear actual pants with a button at least two or three times a month. Cook new foods or just keep watching online cooking videos and imagining that someday you will actually try to cook them. This has been Slightly More Realistic Goals for the New Year from the What Fresh Hell podcast. Guys, we're back. We've got a lot of goals already, Amy. I feel like January is going to be a real buck kicker for you and me. I think, okay, your turn. Do you have any more goals to share with me? I mean, I do have the always boring and I always return to it goal of I need to get back in motion. I tend to be a person who is either very fit or completely sedentary and eating frozen Snickers bars all day. Like I only have two moats. And I think I have come to accept at my ripe old middle age that that is always going to be so. 
Like I'm trying to get away from the goals of like, I'm going to completely change my DNA and be a new person. Like not going to happen, <laughs> but I do need to get back to being in motion more often. It's the first thing to go for me. Like when, you know, stuff hits the fan, I have a deadline or I don't know, things get intense for reasons big and small. The first thing I let go of is like, okay, well, I'm not going to go to that class I thought I was. Uh, And I think that's okay. I try not to come down too hard on myself about that. But then we've talked about it recently on the show, the exercise effect and how, how much better you feel afterwards and how it's when you most need it that you put it aside the most and you do feel good afterwards. It's kind of like the walk outside. Yeah, I really, really struggle with it and struggle against it. Like, I think, I think that I have a mentality that is very like, I was this kind of kid, like no one can tell me what to do. And for some reason, exercise almost starts to feel that way for me. Like, no one can tell me uh, to exercise. Like, wait, what are you doing? Like, no one's telling you to exercise. Like, exercise makes you feel better. You should do it. But God, I have a mental block against once I stop, it's like I have such bad inertia. Like it's hard for me to move. And I have to remember even a 15 minute walk is good. Even a 20 minute yoga tape is good, but I have to, I have to somehow force myself to do it. I have this weekly walk with a friend and I never miss that. Like I I either have to join classes or get buddies or something's got to give in getting me back moving through oxygen in a regular way. You know what I used for a while and I've kind of put it aside because my strap broke, but a Fitbit, you know, the Fitbit where you're supposed to do 10,000 steps a day, which is a completely arbitrary goal, I realize. But I was in a really good groove for uh, about 18 months where I would do 10,000 steps a day on my Fitbit, plus, you know, go to a class or do something three times a week. That might and be a good, good shape on my Christmas list because I think I've had them, I lose them, they break, I don't have the right charger, whatever it is. But I got to find the lane again. Got to do it. And you like, you know, we, we know you like Candy Crush and that kind of stuff. So that the little like, you know, how it, it gives you little fireworks and it buzzes. Yeah, exactly. Like it gives you that little like goal. Maybe I should just recommit to a Fitbit and do that again. Yes. I want you to take your all your gift card money that you got for. Did you get gift cards for Christmas? Of course. Yeah. So put those toward a Fitbit. Okay. All right. Or I'm put doing it on your list for 2019, but I don't want you to wait that long. I want you to start today. I just got to get one. I just got to get one. All right, Amy, give me another goal. I feel like exercise is boring. It's always on the list. Okay. Well, this is part of my open and my open thing. My house is going to be open. I'm going to have people over. I am so like hypothetically in favor of that. And I never have people over like for a, for a dinner party. Like me? what a recluse you are at heart. Oh, I'm, I am. I'm an introvert. So I don't. Yeah. That always surprises me because you don't seem like a person who's introverted, but like it comes up again and again that you are congenitally reclusive, which does not seem right for your personality. I know. I know. I'm a, I, well, I contain multitudes, Margaret. This is you. You're a deep well. (laughs) You're very open, I would say. And New York, it is a kind of a special beast. My friend Christina always said, like, we meet in restaurants. We don't see each other's homes when you live in New York because most people have tiny, crowded apartments. I have an apartment with a big enough room to have people over. I mean, I do it once in a while, but I I think I'm too much of a perfectionist. I think that's what's stopping me. Like, you know, if I'm going to have people over for a dinner party, it has to be spectacular. Yeah. That you can't just be like, okay, let's order in Chinese and let's, let's see if the people downstairs want to come over too. I always love being invited to such things. I don't really have them enough. And so I think I need to do it more in 2019 and be less attached to the Pinterestiness of it all. Yeah. I think I'm hosting book club in January for the first time in a really long time. And I was like, I'm getting taken Chinese. Like I'm, I'm taking it easy. I'm not going to make it about misery. I'm going to make it about Ease. When uh, my 16 year old was a baby, I joined, I went to like a mom's and baby's luncheon that in New York was sort of a rite of passage. And the woman running the lunch, she was like, look around you, exchange phone numbers. Cause she did put you, like I was put at a table with other moms whose babies were six weeks old, kind of thing, six to eight weeks old. It's like, these are your new friends, exchange your information, go over each other's houses. You don't cook for each other. Everybody brings their own Starbucks. Like she laid the ground rules for us. And we did that for, two years, we met, gosh, almost daily, you know, would go show up at somebody's house with the babies and put them all in a blanket and talk. And nobody ever put out a cookie plate or a, you know, 
cheese arrangement. It was just bring your own Starbucks. And I miss that. I wish I still had that. As our kids get older, of course, our lives get busier and so do theirs. But I, I, I liked that sort of ease, my door is open kind of thing. And I'll let you know how it goes. As our kids get older, also our lives get less connected. Like I used to have, I still have two kids in elementary school and there's a, we have to pick up at our school because there's no busing where I live. But, you know, so every day I'm like chatting with people, but a lot of my friends, they've left. And now the middle school, like I dropped my kid, he walks to middle school. He walks out. I've rarely seen his teacher's faces. All of those friends who I used to see every day at the pickup, I realized like, oh, I haven't seen you in so, so long. And it's because we're not walking up to pick up every day. And like the old, the more independent your kids get, you're not out with the moms as much, you know? That's right. I mean, maybe it's sports, but even with sports, it's like, you're not necessarily going every game and sitting on the sidelines the whole time. And at play dates, you're not hanging around together. You're not, you're dropping them at birthday parties or whatever. It's just that natural connection of having really little kids starts to disappear and you have to fill that in a little bit. Yeah. Amy, I want to get to one more goal before we go though, because it's so important to me. Purge. Throw everything away. <laughs> stuff. I'm really good at that already. So I know you are Amy's apartment. I'm all in favor. Like, like a pottery barn catalog. Like, where is all the stuff? I don't know. Like, you come into my house and it's like there's a Spider-Man costume. There's like 86 Nerf bullets. Like, and just everything. I want to throw everything in my house away. That's my goal for the new year. <laughs> Start really fresh. A radical approach. And it is hard because my kids are still little enough that we still have a lot of toys around, you know? Yeah. But I want to get rid of everything. I'm doing it in, in January. I'm like doing such a massive purge because we still have like the magnetiles box and the box full of cars. And the weird thing is they still come out sometimes the box full of dinosaurs. Like my 10 and eight year old are still using that stuff sometimes, but the problem with the basket of toys is like, it's one dump and it's gone. I want to do like the most massive purge in January. The other thing that we have, I've talked about it, cousins, hand-me-downs, 86 sets of clothes for every kid. It's like, I want to get down to 10 shirts, 10 pants, one shoe for every kid. We just did that for my second son. Cause of course he must've had like 60 t-shirts in his drawer. And it's because he was getting all the hand-me-downs from his brother and he had t-shirts of his own. And of course, like, what do you get a 14 year old for his birthday, for Christmas, whatever you get him a t-shirt or a hoodie, right? Like he, he and he, and he wears a uniform to school PS. So his, his drawers were, we were like breaking the dresser from the number of t-shirts he had in there. And so my husband went through and he pared it down. And so now he's got a sort of Granimals collection. That's an oldie locks alert. Back in my day, Granimals were this thing, like in department stores in the seventies, a line of clothes for kids where every like like the leopard top matched the leopard bottoms and the lion top matched the lion bottoms so you couldn't not match. So we've we've now arranged his shirt drawer and his pants and shorts drawer. So everything is sort of in in your grays and navies and blacks. So he kind of everything goes with everything. No more neon yellow and uh we we cut everything like in half. Can you come over to my house next? Yes. For a fee. <laughs> no, I'm not paying. I need this to be a work of love. I think your goal should be helping people more in January by I, coming to their houses, cleaning up. Why don't I come to your house and clean out some drawers and then you come to my house and host an easygoing and fun night? For, oh, done. Oh my done. That's an easy deal. I got the easy end of that one. Amy, do you have any other goals lingering in your heart that you need to share with us? These are kind of those. That's what I got. I'm going to keep drinking more water. That was another one for 2018. I need to keep going on. I did okay. I could do better. Drink the water. I got to reset that one too. God, I'm a mess right now. <laughs> it's a good time for a new year. Jerry Seinfeld has a joke that's like, he's like, the good thing about having kids is like, when you have a two-year-old, you're ready for three, whatever that is. Like, you're just, whatever. I'll take a three-year-old at this point. Like, I'm done with a two-year-old. And a four-year-old, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm sure I just need it. Whatever it is, I don't want to have a three-year-old anymore. That's how I feel about the years. It's like, 2018, I'm good. Thanks. You gave a lot. We're done. I'm really ready for a new year. Yeah, it was something, 2018. So here, here we go. And I, it is even like, like, I didn't even feel like, oh, the year was, I just feel like by December, I'm like, I'm ready to go back to one. And that's what we're going to do. Guys, do you know what your goal should be in the new year? 
write a review of the Wet Fresh Hell podcast. On oh, yeah, that's a good one. If you go to our website, wetfreshhellpodcast.com, in the right-hand column, it says, like the show, leave us a review. And if you click on that, it tells you how to do it. If you already know how to do it, you don't have to go to our website first. But they help. They really help us find new listeners and they get Apple podcast attention. And it's, it's a great way to grow the show. Okay, guys, and we also want you to come to our Facebook page at What Fresh Hellcast because we're going to have book recommendations going there and we're going to talk about all about our goals for the new year. Tell us what your goals are. Come find us on Instagram at What Fresh Hellcast, on Twitter at WFH Podcast, and tell a friend. And you can always visit our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com. <laughs> oh, yeah. And always, that is always there for you as well. Always there for you, even in the new year. And with that, guys, have a happy new year and get started on those goals. Talk to you next week. Bye. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.